scary girl. What's in the way? A demon? She moves the laundry basket into the laundry room. And by her pee sink. Because if you guys remember an episode, I don't remember what, we uh, discussed how Stephanie would use that sink as her personal bathroom. If needed. Just for number one. That's Stephanie. That's Sarah. And that was a little delayed. Because <laughs> I was confused. I want to eat this water ice, but it's going to be noisy. And this is... Dead, Dead time, time stories. Sorry, I have some water ice in my mouth. That's what she said. It's Philly, y'all. We went to Rita's today. Um, Be cool, go to Rita's. Isn't that their... I've never heard of. Be cool, eat a Rita's. They have Did a I jingle? That I, it's, yeah, that's what I I've thought the jingle was. I've never heard We'll insert the jingle here. I'm not going to do that. I'm imagining the Unsolved Mysteries music. Do it. Oh, I was going to ask you what it sounds like. <laughs> I don't remember. And I'm also eavesdropping on their I know. parent conversation going on upstairs. I'm laughing about knowing that sound-wise this is awful. We've got the conversation that's happening upstairs. We've got me digging into this water ice. There's a little bit of feedback for some reason. But you know what? Eric is home, so this is his problem now. It is. He's going to compress it and deal with whatever. And I'll fucking edit the content. Yeah, it is. So let's keep that under wraps. What's next? How Just you kidding, doing, Sarah? <laughs> oh, I'm okay. Yeah. <laughs> I've been better. How just, are you? Okay. <laughs> I'm tired. I'm tired, um, but I'm, I'm okay, too. We already... Talked a lot, you guys, off air. Friend to friend as we do. Literally, I just went upstairs to go pee. Mary Angela goes, oh, are you guys done? (laughs) (laughs) We haven't even started. We haven't even started. We've literally been on the porch this entire time. And she was like, oh. I was like, all right. She's like, I was hoping you guys were out of here Get the fuck out of my house, right? (laughs) I was like, oh, sorry. No, we've just been been sitting on the porch talking. We've been talking about life and shit. Yeah, there's a lot going on. So the hurricane uh, flow that's, um, go for it, Sarah. (laughs) I have to open it. Gotta go for these Sour Patch Kids. I feel, I'm I'm eating the Rita's, so like I can't hate. I want just the red one. Oh. Thank you. I was like, do you want to put it in your water ice? Oh, no, because it's green apple. It's already pretty tart. Mmm. But it's just it is Sour Patch Kid. You want it in your water ice? Ooh. Oh. On the last little bit there, it tasted like Lush bath bomb powder. How do you know what that tastes like? Because I worked at a Lush, and if you think you open and those you boxes and don't get dust in your fucking mouth, you would be dead wrong. I didn't eat it on purpose, but, like, I inhaled it multiple times. Yeah, and I'm sure as a child, I didn't eat Play-Doh on purpose, but I definitely ate it. Mm-hmm. So you know it's salty. Stephanie okay. licked a bath bomber for you in her day. Anyway, <laughs> so this hurricane, Sarah Christ. Shut up. Um, No, it's uh, ripping up my hometown. So I'm from Wilmington, North Carolina. And that whole area, and New Bern, North Carolina, and Whiteville, which is where Christina is from, and we talk about her a lot, and we'll talk about her more later. But where all of us are from, like, it's, like, 
Parts of it are like flooded and crazy. People are being evacuated in boats. Like some areas, like whole houses are underwater and shit. There's this road, it's Middle Sound Loop Road, which is in Ogden, which is like a neighborhood of Wilmington. It's where like all of my friends from middle and high school lived off a of Middle Sound Loop Road. Like part of it is like collapsed in and it's crazy. I've seen people like writing stories about like being stranded when their car stopped working somewhere. People who like, a lot of people evacuated and those people are like, we can't go home right now. Like we're not allowed, like there's no way into or out of the, the town. And there are people there who are like, we don't have anywhere to go. Or like we have pets and like we don't think they'll take us anywhere. Which like now, uh, Hoggard High School, which was actually my high school's rival. But like, you know, they're representing, they're being real in the hurricane right now. Hoggard High School is like becoming a... um like, that's a shelter that people can go to, and they can take their pets, and it holds, like, 1,387 people, I think, is how many they're they're going to take in. Um, and all, all, it's always, like, schools in my neighborhood, like, that are always, because my neighborhood was, like, guess, like, a little more above sea level. So we never got crazy flooded in my neighborhood. Um, but, like, all the schools around there are always shelters, like, in this time, so... So that's going on. My family, people are asking about my family. My family's okay. My sister lives in Charlotte, North Carolina, and they've got, like, their power out. But I think she said they had it back on within a day. So, like, they're, they're like, on the other end of it. It's the beach where all the water is that usually gets messed up pretty hard. But I don't really have family in Wilmington anymore. Um, but it's, like, yeah, like, everybody I grew up with um, is, like, dealing with that. So that's crazy. And in some ways, like, and I've talked to people who are there and, like, dealing with it, in some ways, like, it's scarier from out here because, like, I grew up in hurricanes and we only left for, like, one. <laughs> like, And we had, like, some flooding at our back door. The water was never really, like, up that high. It was more like the water was, like, flooding in because of the wind, like, blowing it under the door, not because the water was actually, like, up to our back door. Um, but, like, we never really went anywhere and you just deal with it like your power goes out and like the streets are flooded and then it takes the city a while to like clean it all up and like being far away from it and hearing about it on like national news is really scary um but like most of the people I know are are okay I don't think I know anybody who's like lost their home or anything but they're all posting pictures of like houses in their neighborhood that have like been destroyed it's really crazy I know that's awful. I'm like, it's not totally the same, but last year, Houston yeah. was hit really hard, and it was super, super hard to to be far away, to be far away, and not have anything to do, and to see like the common main street that I took to get to my job, and that I took to get to my college classes every day was under feet, you know, six feet of water. Yeah, like it was really, yeah, it was really tough to be away from Houston at that time. Um, I was really lucky to be working at a job that is able to, like, give donations and stuff. So yeah. we were able to donate thousands of dollars to, like, Houston Harvey Relief and stuff like that. But, like, Houston is still dealing with it. And yeah, and that's really crazy. tough. And I know that we all just really feel for the people in the Carolinas and on the East Coast of that are dealing with it. Yeah. So, like, that's that's home, y'all. So it literally, like, hits close to home it doesn't hit close to home it hit like it, it fucking home. hit home right <laughs> like it hit home really hard um 
But yeah, like that's crazy. And that's a thing that's happening right now. It was also interesting to be watching CNN and uh, hear them talking about how the storms are hitting Hatteras Island. And I was like, oh, I know where that is now because Stephanie talked about Roanoke on her podcast. <laughs> There's also this clip that's going around too of like this weatherman who's like, <laughs> pretending to right. be blown like in the he's wind. like oh like yes. hardly standing up like he can't do it and then they're like two teenagers like yes. walking in the background and they're just like god and fucking even the weather channels fake news so I'm like, <laughs> oh, 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 it hurts that was a gut punch oh, oh. Stephanie only eight people have died in oh my gosh Stop. oh my god Maria um Tave Maria girl <laughs> Um, uh, so that's how we keep it light around here is we uh we laugh so we don't cry and we eat our readers water ice our sour batch <laughs> and oh uh, what candy are you eating today stephanie <laughs> that'll be our swim we're not drinking we're eating candy that's what level we're at tonight you guys we're not yeah. at a drinking level we're at a we just gotta fucking eat candy level and the best thing about Rita's, right, Rita's water ice is, <laughs> so, like, if I'm eating ice cream and my ice cream melts, you can't just put it in the freezer. You know what I mean? It's not going to be ice cream anymore. It's going to be really gross. But, like, fucking Rita's, like, this was melted earlier, and I put it back in the freezer, and it got its shape again, and it's starting to melt now, and I'm like, I can just pop it in the freezer again. Um, but the fatal mistake I always make is freezing it with the spoon in it. Oh, bad move. So when I started this just now, there was... A plastic spoon stuck in it, but I used a metal spoon to eat the Rita's and then pulled the plastic spoon out like some sort of cereal box prize. Um, But I just want a plastic spoon. Unlike our friends in the South who don't understand, Rita's water ice, it's not a snow cone. It sounds like it would be a snow cone. And it seems, in theory, like it would be a snow cone. It's not a snow cone. It's literally like some shaved ice monstrosity. I, it tastes great. It tastes fine. It is, yeah. But it's I want to Philly water ice. a snow cone. Um, but it's just, it, it is, it's like, it's not ice cream. It's not, it's not an icy. It's, it's a little, I always say it's like a little more firm than like a slushy. Yeah, I was like, it's not an icy, it's not a slushy, it's kind not of a like snow when you cone. Would get, I would get a milkshake. Luigi's Italian ice back home, like that at, at like the grocery store, oh. um, and it came in lemon and strawberry, or lemon and cherry. Yes, or you could get it maybe. at Six Flags too. Yeah, but I'm like, we would get it at like Sam's Club, so it's like a box of sixty. My mom's like, I'm not getting you ice cream, but I'll get you this, and it's <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of similar to that. But Rita's, yeah, it's a whole thing up here. They're into it. And it's only open during the summer. They close, like, in October, September, October usually. And they don't open again until, like, March or April. So quick, go get your water ice. Go get your water ice, baby. Today, one of the flavors was green apple. Baby! Baby. Oh, yeah, baby. Oh, yeah, baby. What are you listening to, Sarah? What am I listening to? Hello from the Magic Tavern. Always. Um, no. I actually, we're going to kind of start a new segment, you guys, where we talk to each other about what podcasts we are listening to semi-frequently. I think I mentioned this to you the other day. I started listening to this podcast called Is This Adulting? Mm-hmm. And it's these two guys, and they always have a guest on, and I started listening because one of their guests, well, they had both of the hosts of And That's Why We Drink on their show, but they had them on individually. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm a big fan of That's Why We Drink. Um which if you listen to us, you probably listen to them. <laughs> Same genre. And it's, yeah, it's these two guys. And what I really like about their format is that at the beginning of each episode, 
they just check in and they're like, how are you this week? Like literally like let's talk about your mental well-being. Let's let's talk about how you're doing mentally and let's make that an open conversation and let's talk about how we're all in our late 20s, early 30s and everyone growing up told us we should have it put together and we don't have it put together. So let's talk about how we're feeling about that and let's that really be open me. about it. Hard. It's really good. Give me a sour patch um, kid. Here. <laughs> Just want one. So it's it's called Is This Adulting? And you can find it on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, etc. They're usually about an hour long. They have other little, you know, segments. But I really like the fact that their main thing is that they want to be open and candid about, like, mental health. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really cool. So that's what I've been listening to. What have you been listening to? Um, I'm so behind on all my podcasts. But one of the ones that I like a lot that I don't think I've ever mentioned on here is called The Longest Shortest Time. And I always like to clarify that it is technically a parenting podcast and I'm not a parent. I don't have children. I'm not particularly interested in having them, but it's just a really good podcast. I think that talks a lot about like, like a lot about like kids and like what it's like to be a kid and also like what it's like to be an adult and have a relationship with children And as somebody who, like, I've worked with kids in the past, um, and I've, you know, I'm like, I'll probably end up working with kids again because there's good money in it. But (laughs) there is, though. But anyway, it's just a really good podcast, um, and they talk a lot about, like, relationships between parents and kids. And I'm like, even if I don't know that relationship as a parent, I know that relationship as a kid. Um, And even as an adult, like they talk about that stuff. So I think that that's really interesting. Um, They had a series that was really popular for a while called The Accidental Gay Parents. Um, And they talked about how like you don't really have accidental gay parents, right? Like like straight couples can accidentally have a baby, but like gay couples, like they don't really have children accidentally. It's something that they have to work very hard to be able to do. And they got custody of the like one of their sister's kids like because she had like a drug problem and was having trouble with the law and so that's how they accidentally became gay parents like it wasn't something that they were trying to do it just kind of happened and then going from there um, one of them is actually trans and then they decided that they wanted to actually have a biological child together so like the show hooks up with them again like when that's going on in their life. Um, and that's really cool. But they like they don't normally follow like one person. It's kind of like this American life where oh, okay. it's like, you know what I mean? Like this week we're going to talk about this part of being a parent with this person that we've never talked to before. So it's not a lot that they talk to the same people. It's usually like all sorts of different stories about parent-child relationships. And I think that's really cool. That's really cool. Yeah. You know how this is a great podcast that we listen to all the time? Southern Spirits How'd by Mitch you know and Leah that's what Lawrence. I was gonna say because they're amazing, and we're gonna play their promo right now. Hey y'all, I'm Leah Lawrence. I'm her husband, Mitch Lawrence. And we host the Southern Spirits Podcast. Each week we'll sip on a Southern brewed craft beer or wine and toss back a Southern distilled liquor and I'll let y'all know how I feel about them with a review. And after we are good and tipsy, I'll bust out a couple of strange spooky tales from the American South. 
We are all about true crimes, mysteries, paranormal activity, and cryptozoology. Basically, if it's Southern and boozy, we'll drink it, and if it's Southern and weird, we'll talk about it. So join us as we drink our way through the folklore of the South. Find the Southern Spirits Podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Bye, y'all. Oh my god, I can hear you chewing in the microphone, and I hate that noise. I really wish you would stop. (laughs) And we're back. (laughs) <laughs> you uh, <laughs> <laughs> shut up what is that youtube since it, where it's um it's literally just people making noises into a mic- asmr yes yeah i don't like that i'm fascinated with it as a concept right it's so it's like some weird performance like There's a, there's eating ASMR. There's all sorts of like, I'm just going to. I don't like, uh, I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like it. There's like this. This is, if you're listening on headphones and you're into this, you're welcome. And if you're not, I'm sorry. Uh, I have headphones on. Uh, I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like That's it. That's a thing people do for ASMR. I'd rather hear about ghosts. <laughs> um, some people are like, it's definitely a sexual thing. And some people are like, it's absolutely not a sexual thing. I am a person who anytime something can be fetishized, I'm curious to know all about that culture. <laughs> like, regardless of whether or not I'm into it, I'm just like, people are into that. Like, do you know about lunars? That's the thing that I'm like obsessed with. Like, I'm not. With the moon? Lunars? No, loon as in L-O-O as in balloons. Lunars are people who are like, and I'm not trying to kink shame anyone. <laughs> it's just. Kink shaming is my kink. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Lunars are people who are like sexually aroused by balloons and people playing with balloons and popping balloons and sitting on balloons. And yeah, that's they're called lunars. It's L O O N E R S. Girl, if you want a segment on this show, I need, I could make a whole segment about talking about things that people are into and explaining that to you. We don't have time. Because, girl, today. I am on Tumblr. Like, I don't know how many times I got to reiterate that to y'all. But just so you know, like, there's all sorts of shit on Tumblr that you didn't even know you wanted to know about. And you maybe don't want to know about it, but now you know about it. Like, now I know about it. I don't want to know but about it. But that one's my fave. That's oh. the one that's, like, my that I've heard that I'm, like, okay, but I'm confused, but not, like, weirded out by. Because there are some, like, if you're weirded out by that, like, girl. Oh, I mean, there's People are into some weird shit. <laughs> Y'all want to talk about some ghosts? <laughs> Did you want to go first? Did you want me to go first? Um, I can go first because I have a ghost story. Go for it, girl. And I just want to preface my ghost story by saying it's been a long week, you guys. So if my research isn't the best, sorry, not sorry. It is what it is. This is my podcast, not yours. Um, like it is, Sarah. Thank you. Um, so today I'm going to be talking about the Hampton Lillibridge House in Savannah, Georgia. Okay. Bringing it back down to the south to just a regular old haunted house. Do it. Yep. So the uh, Hampton Lillibridge House was built in 1796 by a a man named Hampton 
Willow Bridge. And after his death, his wife sold it, and it was used as a boarding house. While it was used as a boarding house, uh, unfortunately, a young sailor decided to take his life and hang himself in one of the guest rooms. And ever since that death, the house was... Like this? Yeah. <laughs> People experience footsteps above. Okay. Um, so because someone decided to off themselves in a guest room, people didn't really want to <laughs> stay <jerk>. there. <laughs> it's his own fu- He fucking did it to everyone. People didn't want to stay there, and it was basically left deserted for decades. And then in 1963, a man named John Williams bought the house. John Williams, like the guy who did the score for Star Wars? No. Okay. But John Williams of Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil, which I think is a movie. Yeah. I was like, is that not the same person? Is he not a musician? What does he do? Is he an actor? It doesn't mention what they did. Okay. What he did. Um, it just says that he bought the house, and he they write it really pretty. And I'm just going to directly quote it from this website called the thesavannaterrors.com. But in Savannah Terrors, they say, much, life is, much like his own life story, the events after this fateful purchase have become cultural legend, a story that has gradually changed with each retelling. More tellingly, though, is what has remained consistent, the horror and haunting that once befell the house. Is the same Jim Williams? Um, no. This is a different... But he <laughs> is... Uh, he's the main character in Midnight of the Garden of Good and Evil. Okay, so there you go. Jim Williams. He was um, charged with murder and sexual assault and tried four times. He was not found guilty at the final trial. That's who he is. He's who, ironically, was played by Kevin Spacey, I believe, in the film. So I told you guys that I'm really sorry I didn't do as much research into this as I wanted to do. (laughs) (laughs) I'm really just here to talk about the house. And not Jim Williams. It's been a rough week, you guys. <laughs> so. He apparently was also like an architectural restorationist. Mm-hmm. And uh, he bought a few of the other surrounding properties. And he decided he wanted to take this house and restore it to its former glory. And so, like you do, he lifted up the house and moved it like a block down the ways. Dang. And when they were picking it up and moving it, apparently a piece of the ceiling collapsed and killed one of the workers and so when that happened a lot of people who were working on it were like fuck that shit we're out yeah and um suck it john williams basically yeah so apparently after they moved the house as you do when you're doing construction on an old house people who were working on it started to suddenly experience weird things like their tools being moved hearing footsteps hearing knocking Um, And apparently, reportedly, when they were moving the house, they had found a crypt underneath the house. And it was most likely from pre-colonial times because the walls of the crypt were constructed with lime. That's what I was looking for. They were constructed with lime and, like, shells. And so they found this crypt when they were moving the house. And they were like, whoa, that's weird. But instead of really letting Jim Williams know, they were like, hey, we found this, but we went ahead and we took care of it. And all that anyone knows nowadays is like they just sealed it up, blocked it off. What? And moved. And no one knows necessarily where it is or what. They just know that they like sealed it off and it's done and it's gone. 
and now the house is you know standing i want to say like a block or two down from where the crypt Damn. was quote unquote so that was there and that was <laughs> like, pre-colonial is, times i'm like is this what midnight in the garden of good evil is about i don't think so no i'm pretty sure that it's about him maybe having killed people i'm oh. pretty sure that's what it is what it's about Alex i saw it a really long time ago um it's from like the late 90s and it was directed by clint eastwood i believe so, like I said, they moved the house, and people on the crew um, were experiencing weird events such as their tools going missing, hearing footsteps, disembodied laughter, voices. Um, they would feel prickling, tingling, ticking, tickling sensations on the backs of their necks. And at other times, they would hear what sounded like furniture being tossed around a room. So just a whole bunch of spooky shit. Yeah. Period. Um, at, no, don't restart my PC. Fucking when, oh, God damn it. Is it happening? It restarted. Just, just wait a I'm just going to wing it. It's going to take 20 minutes. Dog whistle. Or dog. Installing clicker. update one of three. Oh, my God. What? Windows. All right, guys. <laughs> So I read about this a lot, so we're just going to wing it from here. And if I miss anything in this story that you know about, how about you fucking email us, you sacks of... I'm sorry, we At deadtimestories, all one word, at gmail.com. All right, so my PC is updating. Let's go for it. They moved this house. They found that crypt. They covered it up, and they were like, whatever. Apparently, while they were restoring it, a whole bunch of creepy shit went on. One account, which is the creepiest of all, was that this dude heard noises and saw a black shadow go up the stairs to the third floor, and he followed it. He fucking followed it. The way you never should. He followed it upstairs. He went into this room, and he said he just felt this presence pulling him. Well, his buddies were downstairs, and they were like, oh, he's been gone a while. I guess we should go figure out where he went. he is, right. And they go upstairs, and they find him in that room face down on the floor, gripping the floor with his nails for, like, everything in his life. He's alive. He said he felt a pulling sensation pulling him towards the elevator shaft at the other side of the room, which, if he had walked into that, would have dropped him three stories and plummeted into his his death. And he said the only way he felt that he could get out of that situation or to help save himself from being pulled down that elevator shaft was to fall down and like grip the floor with all that he had until someone could fuck until something changed. Jesus fucking Christ. You know? So like something was pulling him towards that fucking chamber. Um I also I don't even have my phone down here either. We're totally winging it. What else? This place is fucking haunted. So they moved it, they renovated it, and the people who lived in there afterwards for a little while also experienced, like, disembodied voices, shadow people going up and down the stairs, knocks, footsteps, all the usual suspects, until... It's another Kevin Spacey movie. (laughs) Maybe it was based on this house. (laughs) This is the Kevin Spacey episode, except where he doesn't touch people. Yeah. Um, Well, it's a ghost version, so he might have touched him. So, yeah, and then apparently, the I want to say within the last 20 or 30 years, the people who owned the house did, like, an exorcism, and since then, no one has experienced anything. 
Okay. And it's been done. And I was like, it's literally been like 20 years dormant. And I, when I was doing my research, I came across like one of the first things that pops up when you search like Hampton Lillibridge House Savannah, Georgia Haunted is this ghost tour webpage and they talk about how we've had requests saying why didn't you take me to the Hampton Lillibridge house and they're like that's because it's not haunted anymore it doesn't have any more activity and there are people living there trying to live their life how would you feel if you had ghost tours stopping outside your house I'm just like, every half hour during the house. weekend I don't, mm. yep it's hard so for me it to have sympathy haunted. for people in those situations but I'm also like, if maybe if they didn't know, but I'm like, how do you not, how does that information not come up? I, I mean, would say they that know. realtor is getting fucked. They know that it's haunted. But I think from the ghost tour standpoint, they're like, it's it no longer has any activity. So do you, no, if no, you're I in your that. house, do you want strangers coming up three times a night, snapping pictures of your house while you're in there trying to watch like, TV? No, but I also panties. wouldn't buy a house that's like, oh, this famous ass haunted house. I mean, that's true. Like... If that, I'm not mistaken, I feel like that comes with the territory. It went for like two million dollars oh, or something. Sure. So I'm like, I spent two million American dollars on this, on house. this haunted house. And people won't stop fucking bothering me, and they want to take pictures in it. There it is. There's my poorly, poorly researched. You know what? If you have a problem with it, just fucking email me about it. Sarah wants to fight tonight. It's in Lillibridge House. I'm over it. I'm eating Sour Patch Kids. Let me get in on that. It's been again. a long Sunday. I need real food after this. What are you thinking? I don't know. Blah, blah. What are you talking about? At least tell my years is more researched. I mean, there's more about it. I didn't necessarily do more research, but... I'm sure there's more about mine, too, that I just fucking fucked up on, like Jim Williams being a goddamn murderer. Part of me is like, do I, do I just talk about him for a minute? He's the only person in the state of Georgia ever to be tried four times for the same crime. I don't know how I missed that. No, I know how. I was busy researching something else. But, yeah, I know I saw the movie a long time ago. I don't really remember much about it, except that, like, he got away with murder in the movie. <laughs> God damn it. I really missed out on an opportunity with this story. Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil. Was John Cusack there? <laughs> I find myself asking that question all the time. Sorry, <laughs> Kevin Spacey and John Cusack. <laughs> I probably was the last question. I don't know where time. I was. I was at the Waffle House. Was, was John, John Cusack, Cusack there? Um, no. I am going to talk about, and I don't have my own notes on it. Well, I hope your phone doesn't choose to restart and update. Oh, Girl, that's, same. It won't because it's not a fucking Windows. Boom shakalaka. No, it's an Apple, so it's just going to download a fucking U2 album that I don't <laughs> want without asking me and won't let me delete it. Ever, um, ever, ever. I'm going to talk about El Chupacabra. Ah, I don't know how I knew you were going to talk about that. Because last week I said the only two I things know. left on my list were The Boy in the Box and El Chupacabra. I edited that episode. <laughs> Was John Cusack there? Was he? Yes. Tell me about that mystical murderous dog. Beast monster. What do you know about El Chupacabra is how I want to start this conversation. And I'm going to scoot in a little bit. Well, being from Texas, a.k.a. part of Mexico... What I know of El Chupacabra is that it is a dog-like monster creature that will come and suck the life out of your livestock. That's fair. I don't know if I've, I don't know if I've ever heard it described as dog-like, um, but yeah, it's a, it's like a, um, it's like a livestock vampire. 
creature thing. Did you ever read the book series Bunicula? I did. <laughs> I did read Bunicula. Is it like that? Um, I mean, but not with vegetables. With right, livestock. I was like, he, yeah, sucked the life out of vegetables. Um, just the color. He was just a cute Bunicula. little bunny with, with vampire fangs. So Jupacabra literally translates as the goat sucker. What a goat fucker. Sucker, sucker sorry. Sucker. Um, and I, uh, <laughs> my, so my dad, right, grew up, um, he was born in Haiti and lived in Haiti until he was like 12 and then moved to Puerto Rico, right? And it's primarily a Latin American thing. Um, they, it's a thing somewhat in Mexico too, but it's primarily like the Caribbean and Puerto Rico um, in Central South America, but Puerto Rico is where it's like a big deal. And <laughs> I first heard about El Chupacabra on the X-Files when I was a kid. There was an episode with El Chupacabra, and I just remember someone yelling, It is El Chupacabra, the goat sucker! And I remember thinking that was really funny, and I think I had an away message about it on <laughs> on Yahoo Messenger. And my dad saw it. My dad was like, what do you know about El Chupacabra? <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know. Adam Sandler said it one time. Oh. <laughs> the goat sucker. The what goat the goat. I did play that bit for you. I'm so glad you enjoyed it from the uh, Adam Sandler album. What the I don't hell know. happened I'm to a me? Fucking goat, man. Uh, there's a bit on there called the goat, and it's just Adam Sandler playing a, a talking goat. This is just quick tangent. Like I was telling Sarah that I loved, like I, Adam Sandler movies were okay, but as a kid I had Adam Sandler albums. If you don't know about them, they're on Spotify. Like do yourself a favor. <laughs> they are still really funny to me. Um, there's like funny song, like you know, like the Hanukkah song. Um, there's a Thanksgiving song. There's a lunch lady song. There's all sorts of songs, but then there's also just bits, like just recorded bits. There's one about joining the cult that I really really like. Uh, that I also played for you. Um, but yes, there's one called The Goat, and it's just Adam Sandler playing a talking goat and like hanging out with these guys in the neighborhood. And it's just really funny. Like, they're really, they hold up really well. They're still really good. So tell us about an Adam Sandler sucking the life out so of livestock. I don't have anything. Uh, I, there needs to be an Adam Sandler El Chupacabra movie. Um, <laughs> but sadly, that doesn't exist. Yet. Netflix. <laughs> Netflix, get on it. Y'all have been making some terrible Adam Sandler movies. So bring me the one that I want, which is the one with El Chupacabra. <laughs> so it's a folklore. <laughs> it's a it's legend, uh, right? Um, and the name comes from the animal's reported habit of attacking and drinking the blood of livestock, including goats, right? Um, and I think he's more of like, I always think alien, but I'm like, it is a terrestrial creature. I think I just associate aliens because of... Uh, X-Files, but even this picture, like, so this is what's on the Wikipedia page, um, but he's very, like, fishy, huh. a, like, reptilian. What a fishy bitch. He's a fishy-ass bitch, and he's fucking holding a ram down in, in one hand and a chicken in the other. Um, so, he's a hungry So bitch. physical depictions of the creature vary, and it's purportedly a heavy creature the size of a small bear with a row of spines reaching from the neck to the base of the tail. Eyewitness sightings have been claimed in Puerto Rico and have since been reported as far north as far north as Maine and as far south as Chile, and even being spotted outside the Americas in countries like Russia and the Philippines. But many of the reports have been disregarded as uncorroborated or lacking evidence. Sightings in northern Mexico and southern United States have been verified as canids afflicted by mange. According to biologists and wildlife management officials, the chupacabra is an urban legend. 
So chupacabras can literally be translated as goat sucker for chupar is to suck and cabra is goat. It's known as chupacabras and chupacabra throughout Americas with the former being the original word like with the S on the end and the latter a regularization of it. The name is attributed to Puerto Rican comedos, uh, comedo, why did I say that? The name is attributed to Puerto Rican comedian Silverio Perez, who coined the label in 1995 while commenting on the attacks as a San Juan radio DJ. The first reported attack uh, eventually attributed to the creatures occurred in March 1995 in Puerto Rico. Eight sheep were discovered dead, each with three puncture wounds to the chest area and completely drained of blood. A few months later in August... An eyewitness, Madeline Totolito, I said that all wrong, Madeline Totolentino reported seeing the creature in the Puerto Rican town of Canovanas when when as many as 150 farm animals and pets were reportedly killed. In 1975, similar killings in the small town of Moca were attributed to El Vampiro de Moca, which is the vampire of Moca. Initially, it was suspected the chocolate vampire. that, that uh, the killings were committed by a satanic cult. Later, more killings were reported around the island, and many farms reported loss of animal life. Each of the animals was reported to have had its body bled dry through a series of small circular incisions. Jesus. I don't know why this this. Puerto Rican comedian is like all about it. So Puerto Rican comedian and entrepreneur (laughs) Silvio Perez is credited with coining the term chupacabras soon after the first incident uh, were reported to the press. Shortly after the first reported incidents in Puerto Rico, other animal deaths were reported in other countries such as the Dominican Republic, uh, Argentina, Bolivia, Chile, Colombia, Honduras, El Salvador, Nicaragua, Panama, Peru, Brazil, the United States, and Mexico. That's a lot. That's a lot. <laughs> a five-year investigation by Benjamin Radford documented in his 2011 book, Tracking the Chupacabra, concluded that the description given by the original eyewitness in Puerto Rico, Madeline Tolentino, was based on the creature Sill in the science fiction horror film Species, which, ooh, girl, I told Mary Angela that's a movie I need to describe to you. <laughs> Save it for another episode. I will, I will, I will. I'm just like, ooh, Species, ooh, bitch. Natasha Richardson. The alien creature still is nearly identical to Tolentino's Chupacabro eyewitness account, and she had seen the movie before her report. It was a creature that looked like the Chupacabro with spines on its back and all. The resemblance to the Chupacabro was really impressive, Tolentino reported. Radford revealed that Tolentino believed that the creatures and events she saw in the film Species were happening in reality in Puerto Rico at the same time, and therefore concludes that the most important Chupacabro description cannot be trusted. This, Radford believes, seriously undermines the credibility of the chupacabra as a real animal. In addition, the reports of blood sucking by the chupacabra were never confirmed by uh, necropsy. Uh, I'm like, is that autopsy for animals? The only way to conclude that the animal was drained of blood. An analysis by a veterinarian of 300 reported victims of the chupacabra found that they had not been bled dry. Radford divided the chupacabra reports into two categories— the reports from Puerto Rico and Latin America where animals were attacked and it's supposed that our blood was extracted and the reports in the United States of mammals, mostly dogs and coyotes with mange that people call chupacabra due to their oh. unusual appearance. Oh. Oh. 
Um, no, nah, don't worry. That why, boy just got that uh, makes that me laugh chupacabra. because I'm like, maybe that's why you from Texas thought that chupacabra was dog like. I was like, I've never heard that before. Oh, because in that area, that's just what they were calling the fucking rabid mangy <laughs> dogs. I was and like, wolves. yeah, no, growing up, people like chupacabra, and they're like, it's like a big, rabid, hairless dog that sucks the life out of goats. Like, <laughs> that's like, or your kind livestock. Of hilarious. In late October 2010, University of Michigan biologist Barry O'Connor concluded that all the chupacabra reports in the United States were simply coyotes infected with the parasite Sarcoptus scababi. Sure, baby. Sure, baby. Scaby? Scaby. Scaby. Uh, whose symptoms would explain most of the features of the chupacabra. They would be left with little fur, thickened skin, and rank odor. And they were a dog. Yep. Uh, coyotes. O'Connor theorized that the attacks on the goats occurred because these animals are greatly weakened. They're going to have a hard time hunting, so they may be forced into attacking livestock because it's easier than running down a rabbit or a deer. It makes sense. Although several witnesses came to the conclusion that the attacks could not be the work of dogs or coyotes because they had not eaten the victim, this conclusion is incorrect. Both dogs and coyotes can kill and not consume the prey, either because they are inexperienced or due to injury or difficulty in killing the prey. The prey can survive the attack and die afterwards from internal bleeding or circulatory shock. The presence of two holes in the neck corresponding with canine teeth are to be expected since this is the only way that most land carnivores have to catch their prey. There are reports of stray Mexican hairless dogs being mistaken for chupacabras. The most common description of the chupacabra is that of a reptile-like creature, said to have leathery or scaly greenish-gray skin, sharp spines or quills running down its back. It's said to be approximately three to four feet high and stands and hops in a similar fashion to that of a kangaroo. Another common description of the chupacabra is of a strange breed of wild dog. This I was like, yeah, that other description, that doesn't seem so common. But what you're about to describe seems See, but I'm common. like, that's funny because I'm like, that's what I've heard more of. But I'm like, but my family is from Puerto Rico. That it's a reptile? And that it's a reptile, right. Interesting. Yeah, um, I was like, I heard it was a dog. Here's some cultural differences, you guys. That's right. Puerto Rico and Mexico are two different fucking places, America. Get used to it. Hashtag two Christmases. Um, <laughs> two Navidades. Dos I Navidades. said Christmases. <laughs> Keep Christ in Christmas. Oh my so gosh. Sorry. Happy holidays. <laughs> Another common description of the chupacabra is of a strange breed of wild dog. This form is mostly hairless and has a pronounced spinal ridge, unusually pronounced eye sockets, fangs, and claws. Unlike conventional predators, the chupacabra is said to drain all of the animal's blood and sometimes organs, usually through three holes in the sh in the shape of downwards pointing triangles or through one of two holes. Related legends. A popular legend in New Orleans concerns, or uh, sorry, New Orleans. Thank you. Concerns a popular lover's lane called Grunch Road, where you go get your grunch on. <laughs> yeah, it is. Which is said to be inhabited by grunches, which are creatures similar in appearance to El Jupacabra. The Puchins of Chile also share similarities in their supposed habits, but instead of being dog-like, they are described as winged snakes. Gross. No, I don't like that. This legend may have originated from the vampire bat, an animal endemic to the region. In the Philippines, another legendary creature called the Sigmin shares many of the chupacabra's descriptions. In popular culture, the popularity of the chupacabra has resulted in its being featured in many types of media. At least one published mystery novel uses aspects of the myth as the center point of the plot. 
Other kinds of books include those that provide a scientific explanation for the phenomenon. The Chupacabra has appeared in various science fiction and monster movies, including Chupacabra Dark Seas, starring John Reese davies and Guns of El Chupacabra, starring Scott Shaw. In 2014, the found footage horror film Indigenous involves friends vacation in Panama who find themselves being hunted by a pack of Chupacabra was released. CNN's Ed Lavendera has described the Chupacabra as the Bigfoot of Latino culture. That, huh. I would say that's fairly accurate. And has stated that El Chupacabra also symbolizes the fear of something that doesn't exist. Following the incident in Cuero, Texas, the popularity of the Chupacabra myth was receiving global attention. Phyllis Canyon, who was responsible for capturing the alleged specimen, claimed that T-shirts highlighting the event were shipped to locations such as Italy, Guam, and Iraq. The publicity that Cuero received following this event has led to some suggesting changing the town's mascot. In July 2008, History's Monster Quest series features the Texas carcasses, which were determined to be dogs and coyotes. The myth of the Chupacabra is mocked in the 2012 episode Jupacabra of the cartoon series South Park, in which anti-Semitic main character Eric Cartman claims to have seen a Jewish Chupacabra that kills children on Easter. The television series Lost Tapes on Animal Planet featured an episode about the creature in the first season. In the episode Chupacabra of the TV series Grimm, El Chupacabra is a Wesson losing his mind and control over transformations due to a mosquito spread disease. And in 2018, the Chupacabra was included as one of several vinyl figurines in Cryptozo or sorry, in Cryptozoic Entertainment's Krypton's Blind Toy Box line. Well, look at that. He's a re regular old famous dog. Reptile dog. He's not a dog. <laughs> was John Cusack there? He was. John Chupacabra Sack? That was a stretch. Now I'm just imagining what a Chupacabra Sack <laughs> would look like, and it's not cute. <laughs> it's, not, it, mm. it's time for bed. <laughs> and on that note... Ooh, girl. You want to talk about that time you dreamed about David Spade's penis? <laughs> First of all, <laughs> you guys, I had just forgotten about it. And why, like, uh, like, uh, do you want me to talk about it? Because I can, because I still remember it. You guys, it was like the most, <laughs> first of all, this is a dream. I would like to make that very clear. It was a dream that I had. This it's is not a real thing that dream. happened, but it like traumatized me for a while. That's why I was like, girl, I just forgot about it. Why did you bring that back up? So I had this dream a couple of years ago that I met David Spade at a party. <laughs> why would you do this to me? Because this is how we're ending Sawyer this episode. Joe Dirt two nights ago. That's why. Girl, we watched Father of the Year at work. And then oh. somebody, the person I watched it with told me he went home and watched it a second time. What the fuck is wrong with that person? Anyway, it's the new fucking Netflix movie starring David Spade. Oh. So I had this dream about David Spade a couple years ago that I met him at a party. And that he just kept hitting on me and like I wasn't into it. And I was like, David Spade, like I like I'm a big fan. Like I'm just like, I'm not here for this. Like I'm seeing someone. <laughs> like, like, no, thank you. But he kept trying to show me his penis. And then like finally he like cornered me in a room and showed me his penis. He pulled a Louis C.K. He pulled a Louis C.K. on me. And his penis had two heads. <laughs> 
And I wish, like, I can only describe it. I can't. I tried to draw it before for somebody. <laughs> like, if you've ever seen a picture or a video of a snake with two heads, like, it was like that. Like, it was like one shaft, but then at the end, like, split off and had two heads. He had a two headed penis. <laughs> and I, it was, and the other way that I described it is like, if you've ever seen, like, <laughs> like a grape that's like two grapes but they're like fused together like they had they didn't split off into two grapes the way they were supposed to it was kind of like that like that's another way I could describe it but it was this two headed penis that I remember very clearly and I've never actually seen it but like it's really like I've I've never forgotten it <laughs> well I did and then Sarah brought it up just now and I'm like oh my god I remember it as clear as day like as if it really happened you're welcome Ugh, you're terrible so if he were to send us a ghost dick pic it'd be like a conjoined ghost dick it pick. would it would look like right they would need to, they would each need their own kleenex kleenex and well, i wouldn't eyes. want one kleenex for both heads. yeah no each head would need its own kleenex even definitely. though there's only one shaft i would need two kleenex heads god damn it i hate remembering this you're welcome <laughs> you're such a bitch you want to tell everyone where they can find us on social media <laughs> So we're on Instagram and we'll Facebook. We'll post a picture of David Spade. Um, <laughs> you can find us um, on Instagram. It's Dead Time Stories with a Z on the end. All one word. If you want to email us, we're still giving away stickers. If you want a sticker, right, you write a review either on iTunes or Facebook. Take a screenshot. Send it to us either by our DMs, like slide into our DMs. Or by emailing us. We'd love to hear from you. We'll also take, you know, I want to hear about this thing. Or I've got a personal ghost story that I want to share with you. Or here's my dick. Dressed up as a ghost. Only as a ghost. It's the only way you're allowed to send us a dick pic. You know what though? Halloween's coming up. As long as it's in a costume. I'll take, yeah, that's For fair. the month of October, if you For the send month us of October, a dick in a you costume, can send us a dick dressed up as whatever you want. But it has but it to still be, dressed has to be dressed up. up. Right, you can't just send us a picture of your dick. Like, no, that's not cool. We'll fucking tell. We'll Put blast you on social media and tell it. people what a piece of shit you are. Like, if you're gonna send us a picture of your dick, at least fucking dress, dress it, it up. up. Come on, I don't think that's asking too much. I don't think so either. But yeah, I'm Stephanie. I'm Zira, and this is Dead Time Stories. Dead Time Stories is hosted by Sarah Heddens and Stephanie C. Ferguson. Music and editing by Eric Gershnow. Artwork by Rennie Slackman.